I'm on my own, broken alone. I feel the rain crashing down. All around this empty town, I'm searching for the lost and found. But you don't care. Hello, dear listeners. This is Dr. Leland. As we stand on the cusp of a new year, I want to take a moment to express my heartfelt gratitude to each of you. Your unwavering support has made Level Up Academy podcast a thriving community of curiosity and connection. This year has been a roller coaster of emotions, but through it all, you've been the driving force behind our meaningful conversations. Your engagement, feedback, and the time you've chosen to spend with us have made every episode special. Thank you so much. We have less than nine episodes left for the year. Just FYI, we are rated top 10% on Global Rank on most popular shows out of 3,223,969 podcasts. Thanks to you. Lisa! That was a long applause. We really love having you. That <laughs> was. Thank you so much. I didn't how expect the drum roll and the applause. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, how are you doing? I am excellent. Thank you. And uh, just sitting back in, the, I guess, the green room of, uh, of this little moment, um, you are just, you're like fireworks. Seriously, there's so much going on. Um, and, you know, the most beautiful thing about what you've just showcased with the 50 Inspirational Leaders is that you just keep giving. Like you're here to help these people get exposure for all of their greatness. And um, hello, all you beautiful people. I can see your messages coming up. So thank you so much for, uh, for being online. Um, for those in the Northern Hemisphere, I know that uh, it's very, very late. So um, here we are down under. So go the Aussies. <laughs> but I'm so honoured that you, uh, I, I just, I went out there. I just went into your DMs and said, girl, we need to talk. And, um, and here we are. So I, I'm so grateful for the opportunity. Yes. Wow. Raquel, you're still up. And Paul, what are you all? Well, Paul, my, I don't even know. Paul, I don't even know what state you are. And whoops, I know um, Sis Raquel is in Texas. So it's like two hours. It's like, what are you doing up? Um, most people have kids probably are up. Um, but yeah, <laughs> this is so exciting. We had a little coffee chat. I'm like, Lisa, tell me about yourself. And I just sat there. I'm like, wow, amazing. I want to elevate you. I want you to be the queen of the day for me. So that was really cool. Let's get right to it. I want to ask you, think back 20 years ago and find within your timeline, some of the significant changes in your life that got you here where you are today. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> you, you said you were not going to prep me with any questions and just lay it on. So that's a big one. 20 years ago. Well, what was I? 30. Um, 30 something. Oh, well, that was probably the biggest trans. No, there's been many giant transitions of my life. Um, that was when I was. Um, so sick and very uh, disabled with chronic pain and injury. Um, at 33, I was on my second marriage, which was a complete disaster. Um, I was facing bankruptcy because I went guarantor with my investment properties for his small business. 
I could no longer work because I was so, I'd been chopped up by surgery, I don't know, 15 or 16 times by that stage. I had five autoimmune diseases. So that was 20 years ago. Yes. (laughs) And I was like at the bottom of the bottom of the barrel and thinking, girl, there's only one way to go and that's up. So just scream out to the universe for help and answers. Um, And I got one. And that moved me into uh, really the the pathway of what I am in now. I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years, um, predominantly in uh, uh, holistic wellness. So the complete nutrition, fitness, mindset um, uh, basket. And that has just evolved into my absolute passion of helping people rewrite the unconscious patterns that they're stuck in. And because um, I've come from a very traumatic past, very abusive past, and just helping people, even just with the simple things of get healthy, they are so, um, so entrenched in running on the unconscious patterns that they don't even have any control of that they can get a fantastic health result and a road bump happens in their life and they bounce exactly back to where they were three months ago six months ago 12 months ago and just it all goes out the window and so that wasn't good enough for me I knew I know through what I've been able to do personally with literally reinvent myself several times Um, that we have an an infinite potential, unlimited power to literally create a new you. And so that is now where my my passion is of helping people change their belief systems, helping them rewrite their life story of who they should be, not the life they're living. I'm getting very passionate, as you can tell. Um, the life they're living based on what they think everybody else should be uh, is expecting of them plus the, the 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 set of patterns that they have grown up in and which which makes us all it's a framework of who we are but it can be changed and so that's my mission now to to do the hard work and I've got my brain here and that's the next conversation isn't it <laughs> uh, you're on mute honey of course I am. Hey. <laughs> I'm like, of course I am. No, I was like, I was actually laughing. I'm like, of course you brought your brain. I'm like, what brain? What? <laughs> and she's like, this brain. I'm like, oh, that brain. Okay, got it. <laughs> she walks around the house with a brain. Why not? You know. <laughs> well, wow. Actually, that is so cool because I think I've seen a lot of the people that are here tonight, actually, they've gone through so much adversity in their life and they kind of step back and say, you know, I'm going to think about what is going on and reflect on it. And some of us can have that self-awareness, but some of us really do need support. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say that you're weak or you're this or you're that. It's just that it's your makeup, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the hardest part, even including me, is asking for help, right? It's really hard. So my next question is, what does it mean to have a strong mind And why is it important in today's world? Okay. And I bought the brain because I just thought that's sort of 
part of who I am. But uh, it was so funny that you have this question. <laughs> I want to say you are not your brain. The, this is just a piece of hardware. Um, but unfortunately, we have about 70,000 thoughts a day. And about 90% of those are just the redundant trash that we keep replaying over and over and over and over and over and over and over, even on an unconscious level that we don't even know all this self-talk's going on, um, that it literally is uh, talking to our body and giving it all the wrong signals. So mm. we, and it's a, it's a feedback system. And so what happens is when we have trauma, tragedy, grown up in adversity, suffer extreme illness, have a really bad accident, you know, it really degrades the body. And, and so the brain is always going into fight and flight and survival mode and, and trying to bring balance and harmony. But unfortunately, in today's world, as you said, why is it important in today's world is that we don't shut ourselves off from the 24-7 going on. And this is now part of our anatomy, which is very, very dangerous um, on many levels, but we don't have enough time to go into that. Um, <laughs> That's another topic for another day. That is another topic. Yeah. <laughs> um, I could talk underwater with a mouthful of cement for days on end about all of this, um, but I'll try and keep it really simple. Basically, um, the brain is built for survival. And the first 35 years of our life is our programming, whether we like it or not, of everything that comes in from when we're in utero of what, of what your mother's health and lifestyle was like, um, whether her, her life was violent and traumatic or substance abuse or beautiful, peace, harmony, loving family. All of that is affecting you while you're growing um, in mum's tummy. And what it's affecting is our 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 gene expression on ourselves, basically like um, of, of the personality of who we're going to be. So what, what happens is that our school, our church, our culture, our food, our environment, our social media addiction, everything coming in basically um, affects our, our uh, well, it affects our wiring of how our brain talks to our body, whether it's in fight or flight or whether it's in um, rest and digest. You know, you've got your two different types of nervous systems. But what what is the big thing is that because we are in such a fast-paced, really over-dramatized world and there's a lot of where a lot of people are wearing a mask because they're, you know, they're trying to um, have this, this image in the world of all of these high expectations, but inside they're quietly dying. So the body's under constant stress. And eventually that throttle is turned on hard of the survival mode. And that is degrading everything about our, our, our whole body's operation, our hormones, our health, um, the way we sleep, the way we think, the way we interact with people. And everything is energy. You are energy, my dear. <laughs> you are. That, that's it. You just <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Which is beautiful. Yeah, and, that's and that's not a mask. 
like that's you. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing about it is it's the authentic you. And so when we are deep inside, not living our authentic self, this is a great thing to parlay into. And the turmoil this goes through of trying to constantly fight you living unfulfilled, but you're hardwired in this belief system and patterns that we've grown up in, it's, it's, it's just destructive. And so to develop a strong mind is about changing the input. And that is with everything. It's our exposure. We're, we're burning out our, um, it's our reward center. Our dopamine system is just turned on constantly. And what happens then is that we never get satisfied because it's like this pouring out of dopamine all the time that we don't have these little reward moments. The mm. body is constantly searching for it. So we're addicted to this thing. We're addicted to um, drinking at night or eating like caffeine <laughs> or having too much caffeine. We won't go there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I do want to, I do want to talk about um, Amber because I think it is definitely your topic here. Um, what are your suggestions for rewiring our negative neural paths in recognizing a pause before fight or flight kicks in? Yeah. Oh, that's a, such a great question, Amber. Um, there's, there's a real process involved and, and the most immediate reaction that we can do um, is to, to literally remove ourselves from the, the threat. And sometimes that's really, really difficult um, because when your, your instant firing stress response um, is it, it's, it's unconscious, like it just comes. And, um, and then either we say the wrong thing, we do the wrong thing, our body just goes into this terrible, distressed. Or you freeze. Or you freeze. Yeah, yeah, true. Like there's lots of different types of fight and flight. Um, but, but just what is very, very powerful, the most immediate thing you can do even if you can't get away from the threat, is to engage the power of breath. I know that sounds silly and I don't mean, you know, just fall into the lotus position and start chanting on. <laughs> you could. And then and people are like, what that is happening here? That will stop like, the moment anyway. It's just like, energy. what the bleep? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what is happening? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes, you know, that is that is so true. Sometimes people do weird things and you're not used to it and it actually stops them from their tracks, right? You're like, yeah. that's it. It's just like, hang on, I have to engage my breathing process. Give me two minutes. But, you, know, you can actually engage that while all this is going on because you can actually have a conversation with yourself, right? This is the moment that you have to actually deep breath in through your nose, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, exhale, two, like you're counting in your mind, you're doing this. And that if you do that for 90 seconds to at least two minutes, even while like there's crap going on everywhere and you are just shaking in your boots, um, 
your nervous system will actually kick in to to bring your body down a little bit okay and so that yes <laughs> yes exactly um so that's really important is that something that everybody can do unless you've got your dukes up and you're trying to defend yourself it's pretty that's hard me to all the time i'm like what is happening <laughs> like, even when i'm sleeping and my bulldog comes in i'm like ah, start kicking i'm like that's not good that's my that's my my always my moment because i think when i grew up i grew up in a environment where there's always death and war so we're always ready to get out or fight and so yeah. even today when you know people come close i was like okay, what do you want? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's just, that's how I am. So I'm glad you said that. I think one of the, my girlfriends actually said that um, she's, she's a psychiatrist and she said, you know, rewiring the brain after trauma is a very complex process. It is. And it typically needs like support of trained professionals, right? Therapists, counselors, exercise. Um, but she said, you know, her general idea, and I, I took notes um, was recognizing and acknowledging the trauma. Because when you think that you forgot the trauma, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to get traumatized again. Um, she said it, your ob ob subconscious mind actually is more traumatized than ever because you're forcing it to delete, yes. even though it's yes. not. And that emotion is still there bouncing up and down. So she's like, it's important for you to acknowledge it, accept that you have experienced a trauma, recognize yes. it, it the, is the first step on addressing its impact in your life, right? Yes. And then, of course, second thing is seek professional help. Yes. Um, and then also try to create a safe environment for you. Like if you're still in an abusive relationship right now, maybe try to create a, a I don't know, a space somewhere where you could do the breathing exercise that you did when you're having that fight or flight mode. Um, and if you can start practicing self-care, like walking, right? Walking for me, shopping, but you know, it's, it's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad thing. Um, and learn the ground grounding techniques. Like, do you have any, uh, couple suggestions on what grounding techniques that you would do? Yeah. Um, and it really depends on the environment that somebody's in because I, I'm aware of being trapped in a violent situation and, like you just can't say, excuse me, I'm just tapping out and going for a walk. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's not, <laughs> it's not going to happen. But if if you can even, I'll use the word premeditate, you know, write yourself a little survival pack <laughs> of, okay, next time X, Y, Z happens, I'm going to engage this process even if I just, I'm still present in the situation and just go into my mind and then just uh, doing this process in my mind. So I'm still um, looking after myself, even though at the moment I can't control what's going on. And that that is what I did a lot, especially as a child, is that I just had to go within um, even while all of the abuse was going on, and it it doesn't it doesn't make the situation any easier or any any lighter. Um, but what it does, it it allows you to just go to a safe place that only you know about. 
yeah. while that is going on. And um, like there's, there's nothing, even in my nervous system, like I've done 40 years of work <laughs> um, to, to just try and take all the layers off. And you can't push it down, like you said, because I pushed it down for a very long time. Um, and you're a volcano just waiting to erupt. And I have erupted. Uh, quite a few times and when you lose control of yourself um it's it's you just don't want to be there you know you mm-hmm. just don't want to have pushed yourself into that far of a corner that the only way out was to explode <laughs> yeah and and, and Jennifer said I deleted my emotions for years. It, yeah. I think we all do, right? Like yeah. at some point or another, we just like, okay, there's more important things than yourself. Just go with the kids and go with the dogs and do this thing. Like the to-do list, just keep going. Yeah. And Timothy said, shopping? <laughs> I have a girlfriend who goes shopping and spend $100,000. She almost got divorced this close because, well, she said either gamble the money or shopping. So at least with shopping, I can get some purses. With gambling the money, it's zero coming home. And I was like, dude, how, how about not at all at 100000 Like, how about like $50? You know, I don't think the husband would see that really in the bank account. But $50,000, $500,000, oh, yeah, that's going to be a problem. Well, if I had hundred k, I would buy a, a, a one-way airplane ticket and <laughs> just go <laughs> live somewhere else. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay, so when I'm able right now, I can't travel because I, I'm allergic to uh, to travel. You have to have like all the shots, but I'm allergic to the COVID shots. I literally will start bleeding in my ears and my nose. Uh, CDC CDC told me I was allergic to something after I was almost dying over here. But anyway, I can't travel. But for those of you who do want to travel I next year. OK, that's my I'm putting it out there. In the world. Next year, I really want to have a retreat for women really close to my house, really beautiful place. Um, I'm actually asking how much it is because I'm going to create a group or like, let's go, guys, just for for a week, you know, like just to recharge and in charge ourselves and just dump those emotions somewhere else. Right. And and then it's a beautiful city in San Diego. Hello. Like, come on, Jennifer, let's go. You know, bring Timothy, bring Timothy's wife, bring Lisa. I mean, everybody come on in. Right. Um, we'll but he's over on Skippy airplane. <laughs> uh, I regularly watch your live shows, but I want to say something important about your YouTube channel. I am YouTube. Oh, this is something else. Now I'm, um, I've been, I've been that exploding yes, volcano. Jen. Yeah. It's not good. Because My gosh, we're you're such a, such a beautiful passive lady. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Big. <laughs> He says, we can come to you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was a passive aggressive volcano that blew up every 35 rounds. Yeah. Oh, I actually, um, I get violent. And so I run away. So I, to, I avoid that little eruption. I just run away because I get violent in that area. I'm like, okay, I just got to go somewhere. It's not, it, it's not conducive to what I'm trying to do. And I think when you're younger, you, you can't control your emotions because because you don't know how you don't have um, any type of skills other than what you're feeling at the moment. And I think being present, right, being present, what I've learned from my coach practitioner, uh, I just (laughs) took a CBT coach practitioner accreditation class. And I've taken it 90 hours now for CBT for my own self, really. Um, 
they basically said, you know, you can't just run away every time there's a problem, but you can pause for a minute. Yeah. Right. You can pause. And like you said, take a deep breath and just take it in, take it in and see where it's going to be and being present and being self-aware of where you're at. Like imagine blowing up at work, you'd be fired. (laughs) I'm just saying, right now, before I go to the next question, Somebody's asking me, like, you said a military background to a scientist and a mentor. Like, what is happening? So let's go back in your past. Like, I was shook, too. And I'm like, military? Like, can you explain that, Lisa? Where are we going with the military and the scientists? Yeah, back for sure. So um, when I uh, I finished year 12, I, I was actually a, a runaway teenager um, because my mother was threatening me she was going to kill me while I was sleeping so I figured I needed to get the heck out of there um and I ended up going back um I went to a halfway house and it was very I was very sick at the time I also had anorexia nervosa because that was the only power I could have in my life was to starve myself so you know there's a whole another chapter there of of all those people with eating disorders is that that's actually a, a power play for them because they're dying on the inside. Um, but I went back home, the law enforcement was involved. I finished off my year 12 because I had enough sense that I, yeah, I better finish my school. Um, and uh, I didn't get into the uh, university degree I wanted because I wanted to help people. And I was, I was athletic. I wanted to be a physiotherapist. Um, and in our scoring system, I missed out by four points. And I just thought, God damn it. Yeah. I'm just going to go join the army. At least I can get away. <laughs> so I did. Um, <laughs> so, um, what an option. Just had a random thought. No, it wasn't a random thought. I actually, my, my mother uh, remarried a Vietnam vet and he came into my life. I was under the age of 10. I don't know how old. Um, and, uh, you know, interesting scenario uh out of control psychotic violent woman in and out of psychiatric wards to vietnam veteran who lived with a loaded weapon at home and was an alcoholic um it was an interesting upbringing but because he was mili- ex-military and i thought well i need to get as far far away from this crazy as possible um i just thought if i join the army then it'll probably be, be because I, I wasn't even 18, so I had to get signed in. Um, and so I just piped up and said, hey, I want to um, join the army. And they went, oh, that's a great idea. And I said, well, yeah, there's the papers. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I was like yeah. And so on my 18th birthday, I'm driving to recruit tra- training in a bus with 30 terrified girls. <laughs> so, Wow. And uh, for me, we got off the bus and they were already screaming at us. So what you see in these recruit training camps is real, like from your face and they're yelling at you. And it was just like, yeah, is that all you got? Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've done training for that for the last yeah. 18 years. Yeah. I did SEAL training before I actually joined the army. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so and I, you know, it was, it was in a different state. And um, for me, it was great because I got to meet other people that, um, you know, it had a pretty hard time as well. It was sort of like a, a place that people went to just to try and um, 
something new something, something different. new yeah. yeah um they could have been a troubled youth or um yeah, whatever so um but the the interesting thing was because my my life was actually conditioned for suffering um i i had systemic disease by that stage a whole heap of autoimmune diseases um i'd already had a couple of operations for uh, a particular condition and 18 months into it i had a very serious accident um to my pelvis in training and i was left lower limb disabled so literally for the last 30 years up until five years ago because i'm the bionic woman now um i was unable to walk unassisted so i i was disabled on a walking stick and and so you know the enormous pain with that so um they discharged me after three years because you know good to them if you can't do yeah. much yeah. um you know you can't sort of go into active uh war area uh on crutches it's <laughs> not real smart yeah i was like i'm like that's not gonna work yeah no a bit hard to hold your weapon as well so um but yeah so when i was discharged um and i was a medic in the army so once again i went in to help people that was it was in my being to uh, to help people and so then i um i thought well what am I going to do now? Because I still want to help people. Um, and so I decided to go to uni as a mature age student and become a medical scientist in diagnostic pathology, which meant that I was the white lab coat, looked down a microscope, diagnosed disease for doctors. I was mainly in oncology, um, bone marrow transplant, stem cell transplant unit. So I was surrounded by death. And for me, this was actually a really good positive grounding Lisa things aren't as bad as what they can be <laughs> you know with the people that um, the patients that we were dealing with and so um, my my health just continued to fail and um, by the age of 29 I'd had abdominal surgery 14 times I had a hysterectomy at 29 I'd been on all sorts of hormone therapy which was pretty horrific um, and uh, and that left I, I was just so sick um, that I had to resign from work because I could no longer get out of bed. And so that was what your first question of um, 20 years ago, well, it was the whole train wreck. <laughs> right. And that's so, why this question is perfect for that. Like, how do we develop resilience and bounce back from setbacks? I mean, hello, your entire story is about that. Like, I'm like, I was listening, like, if you, we rewind this and you replay, you're like, yeah, I was surrounded by death, but that was amazing. I'm thinking, wait, pass. <laughs> like, what did you just say? Did you hear what you just said? I'm like, what do you mean? But yeah. I think it's because you found your purpose and you actually were grateful, even though you're going through that, right? That's how I'm getting it. Well, um, it, it also provided contrast for me because they were in life and death situations. I was just I was sick. sick. That was a big difference. Like, I was, I was very, very unwell, but I wasn't like, hey, you've got three months to live, you've got six months to live, that kind of thing. Um, and by the way, I am very, very strong about no matter what medical profession you're in, I don't think any human has the right to tell another human how long they're going to live because this thing believes what you say. And the amount of people who have 
said, nah, you're wrong. That's not going to get me. And they have lived way beyond the diagnosis. I, so, I believe it. I had a student that had a brain um, cancer and uh, this was last summer. She said, yeah, I'm not supposed to live today. <laughs> he told me six months ago I was supposed to die, but I'm, I'm back at school. Yeah. But I just want to let you know that there might be times because I'm going to chemo that I'm not coherent on my paper. And I'm like, girl, that's that's how calm you are. Let's go. I'm I'm bringing you to graduation. Like, that's me. Because you're right about the brain being like, that's why it's so powerful for people to really think and be very careful on what you're trying to say and put in your head. Yes. And what we tell ourselves, because we're always listening. And to answer your question, um, right from the get go, when as a little girl living in fear every day of her life deep down inside of me it was there was a voice saying lisa this isn't normal one day you're going to be okay and not have to be here and so that that just was really the stepping stones of me being able to get from one day to the next to the next i i contemplated suicide a few times um and there was always what went through my head was you're not escaping yourself. You're trying to escape her or you're trying to escape the situation because I wanted to, I wanted to live. I wanted, I had a big purpose, but I didn't know how to solve that problem because I was so powerless in that situation. And um, one thing that there were two things that actually we we didn't sort of cover, which were really part of also my my uh, backbone of resilience was when I was six, because my dad left when I was four. When I was six, um, I went I, I went to a swim squad because I decided I wanted to swim. And I was so blessed that in that squad, we had national champions, world champions, and an Olympian. And so at this little, this little girl was surrounded by big brothers and sisters who were strong-minded, who believed you could do anything. We did mind movies of running the race in our mind to win the race. And then, you know, the body doesn't know the difference whether or not you're actually playing it in your mind or your body's physically doing that. You get all the same muscles firing and wiring, the sweat, the heart rate, all of this, all the neurotransmitters. And so that allowed me to become very, very powerful in what I understood my, because I, I became a national champion. I was one to thinking if I kept winning, I would actually win my mother's love, but it just mm. wasn't going to work that way. And my swimming became her obsession, which meant I actually started to hate it because just of how her dynamics were um, and her power plays. If she wasn't controlling it, she was destroying it basically. And that was the way she rolled. Um, that I, I had to give up swimming because I had recurrent ear infections. And for the listeners on here, when you don't want to do something, your body starts to protest in some way. You will get a, mm. you will get a cold, you will twist your ankle, you will do something to yeah. stop you from doing that thing. Um, that is part of our survival mechanism and we don't even know what the, that is happening and that's why it's happening because we're putting up this resistance. But I was invited to go to a martial arts club when I was 14 
which was because I needed to be active. I needed to get out of house as well. But um, yep. the beautiful thing was first I could learn how to defend myself in a, a pretty s- strategic way. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out now. Yeah. Secondly, this was actually a metaphysical club, which meant this was part of practice of 3,000 years ago of learning how to use internal energy. The Chinese call it qi. I did tai chi. I did meditation. This is a 14-year-old. And I learned how to channel this energy um, that was not common for 14-year-olds to get exposed to. So I felt really at home here and I really learned a lot about my going within and and listening to my inner self. And that's where I really forged the, Lisa, you are going to be able to do anything you put your mind to. And I, I, as a young teenager, all that was going through my mind was I want to help people and I want to help change the world because nobody should have to live like this. And that was literally where, and that was, that was just like the, the door open for me to go, Hey, I'm going to achieve anything I want to. And it's a case of, um, I can, I will just watch me and Hey baby, that's just fuel. I'm there. Yeah, that's me. (laughs) And it's funny when you said that, like you, you do something so that your parents would love you. I, I do the same thing. Um, but now I'm just keep going because I don't at this point, I'm like, my mom don't like me. My dad don't like me. It's fine. Whatever. Just keep going, CJ. This is it. Anyway, this is your career for the last something years, you know, um, I can't believe we only have 15 minutes left, but I want to get this out from you. How can we develop self-confidence and belief in our abilities? It's a process. And I, I, I really believe in planting the seeds of hope everybody literally can turn this into a superpower no one no one doesn't have the ability but it takes a long time to start chipping away at at changing our belief system because it's been our it's run our life for as long as you've been alive but to it's about getting little wins see i i treat um uh anything as um, a currency of, of exchange of, um, for example, if, uh, you know, let's talk about health and wellness. If I drink my quota of water today, I've had a win. If I um, don't hit the snooze button five times, I've had a win. You know, we, we try and set goals of, and create habits that are sometimes such big steps that we fail before we even start. And so it's building up the bank of little wins every single day. In the morning, I have a gratitude list. And, you know, that's actually been really overused and and misconstrued by, you know, the, um, the people who are, uh, are chanting particular things. But, you know, to be grateful for actually waking up and not being in pain for me is so important to to actually wake up not feeling scared is so important to wake up in a bed is actually really important because I was homeless for a while to all these little things that I can just be so grateful for and that I've got water coming out of my faucet that I've got 
food in my fridge. You know, we, we, we have to be grateful for these things, um, but we can certainly be eager for more. And so this yeah. is all a part about, you know, building self-confidence. But at the end of the day, I've got this dinky little list. Oh, dinky is a, an Aussie word, by the way. It's just a <laughs> slang word. Um, it's not a swear word. It's just a, a – oh, there we go. I've got – Jennifer I've got and my, Timothy is going to tell me what that means right now. Right, guys? <laughs> what I've, got is a little, I've got a little book um, oh. that I've even draw pictures. This was this oh, morning. wow. Okay. I have a lot of those. Uh, yeah. I have too many. And yeah. so I have of – okay – what went well today? This is so I've got my morning little. I'm so thankful that I'm not waking up in pain today. Um, yeah. My gratitude list, and I've got my a bookend at the end of the day of what went well today. Well, hey, I actually uh, planting the seeds of hope. Yes, Jen. Um, that uh, what went well today? Well, there wasn't a traffic jam like there was all week, and I got to work on time. Or um, I actually got to uh, take five minutes out for myself, um, even though it was in the toilet, but the kids were still at the toilet door. But hey, I, <laughs> no, I had... my kids go to the toilet. Mom, are you done? I was like, oh, my God, stop. I can't. My dog goes in there. I can't even have that piece. OK, so when they're at school, I'm like, usually what I you write about the pain, because when I get migraines like the, uh, yesterday and the day before that I had migraines and. I get anxiety because I'm like, do I need to go to the emergency room migraines today? Because I usually go to the ER if it gets bad and I get a shot of Tordal and it's so bad for your liver. So I get anxiety because um, I'm like, oh, man, my liver is really cursing at me. And I, I wish that I'm like, yeah, my liver is bad because I drink too much. I don't even drink. OK, and my liver is bad because of my medicine. And I'm like, oh, man, I can't. So when I wake up and I'm like, oh, there's no migraine today because I could feel that. I'm like, yeah. And then I just take, you know, singing down and my dog starts howling. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be quiet now. I'm not going to sing anymore. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my God. They're not really loving that song, CJ. Um, so then I do that. But I, I love what you said about, you know, those small little wins because I do that. Um, I actually, when people say, hey, you don't sleep, I'm like, yeah, see, there's this thing called tools. And, you know, um, I love technology. If you don't know it already. Um, so what I do is I use. Um, I sit down for three or four hours to get all of my content and I schedule them and blast them in different times. So it looks like I don't sleep at all, but it's there. I yeah. just block time. And I, you know, some people don't like to block time and just go on. I can't because my brain is structured. Very, I'm very structured. Um, and so that's how I can get my things done as if I'm like 20 million years old and, you know, all of these things. It's because I get tools to do it. Right. Um, but this is my my question for you. Um, because of this technology, maybe 100 years from now, if internet is still on, this will be forever etch what you said, right? And think about your great, 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 great grandkids. And they're like, ooh, how do you how do you actually call grandma in, in Aussie? Is it just grandma? Um, well, we, we have a couple of versions. I had a, a nana and pa. And I had okay. a grandma and granddad. So it really depends on which side of the family and what they call them. But um, my, my, my nana was, my nana and pop was my, my favorite because they were safe. Ah, this yeah. is it. You're going to be the great, 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 great grandma and said, oh, what did you say? So this is my question. 
if today is your last day on this earth, what would be your message to your future families? Oh, you can be anything and anyone you want to be, but as long as it's the the truth, you know, as long as it's the the person that is deep inside of you, that is the the shining light, the genius, the the one who you are meant to be, and it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Um, let them, let them make their, you know, a lot of other people are telling everybody how they should be, how they should act, what they should do. Um, and their life, their own life is a train wreck. Um, so don't judge people, love people for who and what they are. Um, nurture them and just live with unconditional love for everybody. That's your last message. It's going to stay there <laughs> unless they take out my YouTube, but you will still be there. Um, and I love asking that question because it's so interesting. And I, I reflect on that and my brain keeps rolling. Like, you know, my mission, my vision is to level up the world. My mission is to level up the world, but what I'm doing today. And sometimes I have to sit down and self-reflect like CJ, are you true to your mission? And I always try to incorporate in every aspect of my life in every day to do that, whether it's my community, my kids, myself, I always have to make sure that I live with example. Yes, um, yes. And so, yes, I could be a hypocrite. Who's not? Let me tell you something. You know what I mean? Like, that's the truth. But so long as 80% of me to 90% of me try their best, because I could never be at 100% all the time. Um to make sure that we are there for not just, well, when I say the world, it's because there are specific people like Timothy, Trevor is, is here, you know, Amber, uh, Jennifer, all of these people who are here, you know, you're trying to, to hear what people have to say. Honestly, it has to come from your heart. It has to be who you are, because if you're living for somebody else and if you're living for other people, it will come out. Yeah, it will come out. If you're not consistent with your message, it will come out, right? Yeah. And you're also human. So you're going to make mistakes left and right. And the people who accept you for all your flaws, not just your, your, your being that you're this person, but the person who, who basically accepts you for your flaws in and out is the people you're going to want to keep. Yes. And the sure. people who wants to bail out anyway, it wasn't for, for you, for you. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're not meant for everybody. No, no. <laughs> they, I know. They're like, they're you have such an attitude. I'm like, I was born like this. I always have an attitude. And they're like, how much coffee do you do you drink? I'm like, no, I, I'm only allowed um, two to three cups maximum. Actually, two cups I prefer um, of coffee because I start having migraines if it's too much. So I have to watch the caffeine for that. Um, so so what it's I, called living on your, you know, you're high on your own supply. Yeah. And, and it's just like, you know, I just love life because, um, there's, there comes a time like everybody else where you, you think you're like, "Mm, I'm not meant for this world anymore. I'm done. I'm checking out. Bye guys. You know, like, and then you think, I wonder if people will remember you. And I always ask my girls, I'm like, if I like just be gone today and I wake up, do you think people would miss me? You know? And I, I, I asked that my kids and my kids are like, mom, 
I would miss you. That's a stupid question. That's what you know, they said. I'm like, well, I'm being stupid today. I'm just saying, you know, I always tell them that. And then my youngest really hate that question. She's like, you're so morbid. And I'm like, yeah. So when I die, if you find my body, uh, make sure it's glitter pink coffin glitter i will come back if it's not okay that's what i told them they're like mom i don't want to have this conversation but sometimes you kind of have to look at things in your life like what if this is my last day what is your message out there yeah what yeah. are you sending yeah. right yes yeah yeah and and you know the day you start living in your truth is it, it's like literally setting yourself free and you're you're vulnerable you're scared because you know people are going to challenge you on it but a lot of a lot of people are literally um not living their own truth as well and therefore they've got to be um using that as a weapon against you and and you know it's pretty pretty nasty but i don't see color i don't see religion i don't see gender i don't i i just have this the day my heart opened, and there was a specific day that that happened, it was about 12 years ago, um, I, I just see a human who is just trying to live life and find their own inner peace and happiness. And that was exactly what my journey was. And now my purpose is to help people do the same. Yeah, I went out for a, a bit there. I'm like, where did I go? Yeah, I, went where did I, go? Um, <laughs> I know. And I'm like, we're still live. But I think what I really love about you is that I get to know you more. And I also the people that probably engage with you now all the time on, on LinkedIn doesn't even know some of the nuances that you have shared with us. So I really want to thank you for giving us a glimpse of your story that you wanted to share the world. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much as well. And, and thanks to the people who tuned in as well and uh, put some beautiful comments up. And, um, and let's all just go help level up the world together. Yes, level up it is. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Hey there, Level Up Circle community. We've had an incredible journey together exploring the realms of knowledge, inspiration, and personal growth. But here's the exciting part. You can be a part of it too. Ever wondered how you could contribute to our mission of spreading valuable insights and uplifting content? Well, wonder no more. Introducing Level Up Circle TV, exclusive opportunity for you to join our community and bring your unique perspective to the world. We believe everyone has something valuable to share, whether it's your expertise, experiences, or in innovative ideas, we want to hear from you. Joining Level Up Circle TV is simple. Go to levelupwithdoc.com, that's doc.com, send in your application and tell us about yourself, what you're passionate about and how you want to contribute. Once you're in you'll gain access to a supportive community of like-minded individuals, exclusive resources, and the opportunity to broadcast your voice to a global audience, not only on MP3, but also on live stream and also on a TV network. Together, we can create a positive impact and inspire others to level up with their lives. So what are you waiting for? Join Level Up Circle TV and let's make a difference together. Signing off, Dr. Leland.